Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, 27th of January, and the market's having a bit of a floppy day today, down 42. Futures this morning were down 22 on the back of Wall Street, down 23. Obviously, we had a bit of a break yesterday in our market. And the problem today is the resources sector. It is getting smashed. Fortescue down 6.4%, Rio down 4%, BHP down 3%, Blue Scope Steel down 5%. South 32.3%. It is a bit of a bloodbath in that sector today. I'm sure it will all become clear, but the only line I can pick up on the AFR website is this one. China eyes cuts to steel production as part of its 14th five-year plan. Corrections start fast, and I wonder whether that is the Death knell, or the top for the iron ore sector, which has had a fabulous run, of course. The iron ore price was down 2%, but we'll see what it's down tomorrow morning. Or whether it's just a one-day wobble. Let's see how that develops, with obviously some alarm bells ringing in the resources sector. Otherwise, same old themes today coming out of the overnight news. Vaccine rollout, delays, mutations, optimism. See how that goes. Biden talking about 150 million vaccines in 100 days, up from 100 million. Pfizer going to deliver 200 million by the end of May, apparently, which is two months early. Johnson & Johnson has trial results next week. There was some other press about... The arrival of the vaccine making no difference to case numbers at the moment. Probably a bit early for it to do that. Otherwise, stimulus talks still go on. Bit of resistance. No doubt they'll get there in the end. Bond yield still rising on recovery hopes. US fourth quarter result season in full flight. Microsoft is up 6% in after hours trade tonight. So it might bode well for Wall Street tonight. But various other results, some good, some bad. Johnson Johnson up 2.5%, GE up 2.73, M up 3.3% on results yesterday. Freeport McMoran down 6.8%, American Express down 4%. Facebook, Apple, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal got results in the US tonight. Meanwhile, gold price stalling a little bit on a pandemic-related drop in Chinese consumer demand. I think it's a very short-term headline, that one. Chinese demand for iron ore was up something like 7% in December. Oil price thinking about its recent rally, just coming off the top a little bit. Newswires talking about bubble-like conditions in the equity market. And a new theme yesterday, the China... Central Bank, the PBOC, People's Bank of China, put out a warning about asset bubbles and tightening liquidity. The Chinese market fell 1.5% yesterday. Let's see what it does today. Not open yet. And the Australian results season. Tom is about to pop out with a calendar for the Australian results season. ResMed results on Friday, which are really US results. I think GUD has results as well, but we get into the results season next week. Citigroup has a bit of research out pre-results season talking about market earnings growth of 20% in 2021, which is up from a 15.8% drop in 2019-20, which is obviously a recovery from the lows rather than a genuine 20%. And they're expecting the resources sector earnings to lead the way up 32%. And dividend growth, largely thanks to resources, up 22.3%. Right, in the absence of other excitement, I've written today about the GameStop short squeeze. You can read Henry's stuff today as well about that. And even Archie came in this morning and said, 
Did you hear about GameStop? Or won't stop, as they're calling it on the forums. And this is a online forum on Reddit called Wall Street Bets, where they've deliberately grouped together to take on the shorters, institutional or professional shorters, in certain stocks and pump the share prices. There are a few of them. They've done GameStop, Bed Bath & Beyond, BlackBerry, AMC Entertainment, SunPower, National Beverage, and the 50 most shorted stocks on the Russell 3000 index have seen a month-to-date gain of 33% on average, which is the best performance from that group of stocks in the last 12 years. So what they're doing is creating a short squeeze. They are, they are colluding online to create a short squeeze in heavily shorted stocks, and the result is... GameStop last night or yesterday was up 92% in the US to $147. And after hours, it is up again another 34% to $236. And it's being blamed on a new social media collusion amongst retail shareholders. Some of these groups are thought to have 450,000 people in their membership. So you can see if they get hold of a shorted, illiquid smaller stock, although GameStop's got a market cap of 10 billion. But if they get hold of the share price, they, as a crowd or as a herd, they can ramp it. And that's what they've been doing. One of the newswires talks about this phenomenon being due to stimulus checks, more time at home thanks to the pandemic, free trading on online brokerage platforms, that's the Robinhood platforms, or Robinhood-style platforms, and what the Newswire calls the heightened influence of narrative-driven investing, a fear of missing out, and the broader central bank liquidity tailwind. In other words, there's a boom in retail speculation going on. Now, it raises a few concepts. The, the one, or a couple that we already know, one is that the pandemic's created a swathe of traders stuck at home using stimulus checks, to speculate in the stock market for short-term gains. Another is that the most shorted stocks are a great feeding ground for fast-moving reversals. The shorted stocks are more volatile, good for traders to play in if you can get it right. And I have, just for your entertainment, listed the 15 top most shorted stocks in Australia in the strategy piece today. That's not a recommendation to go out and buy them. And the last concept is a newer concept. It's not really new, but it's a certainly a topical concept that smaller retailers are beginning to successfully coordinate in online forums and manipulate share prices. Henry's written about it today. One of the groups called Wall Street Bets, another one Stock Twits, also known as the Astronauts because they keep using rocket icons. And as I say, up to 500,000 tech-savvy members hell-bent on pumping stocks in what they describe as gamifying the market. This is clearly an opportunity for Marcus today to start producing a record short squeeze list every day, a newsletter that focuses on small shorted stocks trying to identify their turning points. And I'm sure many will start to recognize and try and lead that herd. We won't be doing that. But it's not really about shorting. The point I want to make today is that the Australian market is very illiquid and 
institutions, because of that, institutions are notably absent from the small end of the market. And there's a tide or it's useful to know when the institutions are starting to get more interested in stocks as they get bigger, as stocks go into the ASX 300, 200 index. It's worth the analysis to work out what stocks are the most likely candidates to get into the ASX 200 because then they come on the radar of all the benchmark fund managers and those benchmark fund managers know they're going to go in, they start to tickle money into the stocks and you get this transition period where stocks go from institutionally ignored to institutionally interested as they go into the indices and that creates a tide underneath them as people buy in anticipation of the institutions buying and institutions buy in anticipation of institutions buying and benchmarked institutions buy because it's going into their benchmark or it's just gone into their benchmark. That's why everybody looks so intently at those quarterly ASX 200 rebalancing announcements because there are trading gains to be made out of these short-term tides. But that's not really the point. The point is that in order to play in the smaller mid-cap area, institutions play the oldest game in the funds management industry, which is called buy it and then tell everybody else to buy it. And this is particularly true in the small mid-cap end of the market. Any fund manager running more than a few million simply can't put money in and take it out. In other words, they can't trade smaller stocks in Australia without pumping or smashing the share price. And that's a recipe to go nowhere in the long term. So what they do is that they do their research and if they decide they like a company, they have to like it long term because they can't get in and get out very quickly. So they are looking for long term investments. So smaller stocks that have half an idea that they can buy a lot of stock in and then go out and tell everybody about it. So what they do is do their research quietly, identify smaller companies that have a long term growth profile build a meaningful stake gently, in other words, without letting anybody know they're doing it. And that means staying under 5% of the company, otherwise they have to declare it. And the people they deal through are a bit of a problem. Brokers love to hear a big institution is buying a smaller stock and go and tell all their mates. So they have to build this stake without the market being aware. And then when they're set, they go and tell the world what a great company it is and get the share price moving. So you might think when you see those high high profile fund managers, especially the very well known ones doing you a favor by generously giving you their secret stock tips in their presentations or more commonly their weekly videos or their monthly written reports or on their website updates, what you might not realize is that this is not some generous outpouring of secret tips. What it is, is them getting the share prices up. They are gagging to tell you it's not a favor. It's not a secret. It's not highbrow. It is baseline spruiking. And it is the oldest game in the book in funds management. Having get got set, they want the world to buy the stocks they bought and are busting to tell you about it. And for small and mid cap fund managers to see this sort of reverence that they get when they pass these little nuggets of information. I mean, it's all a sort of self-fulfilling, great thing to be a fund manager with influence dealing in the mid-cap space, when really what you're doing is 
self-fulfilling what you've already bought by telling everybody else about it. This is not new news. This is not a secret. This is not me bagging fund managers. This is the way the stock market works. Anyway, it's taken a step further in this recent episode, in this current 2020 game. It's very, it's not funds manager, fund manager stuff. It's not quality stuff. It's not research necessarily. It might be, it's not quite the same thing, but it's the same idea, which is tell everybody else what you've already bought. So it's a game of influencing. And in order to succeed in it, it's not an intellectual pursuit anymore involving, or it is in other areas of the market. But this is not an intellectual pursuit involving highbrow fundamental analysis. And it's not about grinding out compounding returns in the long term. It's about being part of or being ahead of a pandemic inspired and funded herd and trying to manipulate tens of thousands of other retail investors to buy something that they've already bought. It's a game of pass the hot potato requires speed, influence, timing, and the fundamentals and the long term simply don't matter. As I say, it's gone on for years, spruiking, which is talking your own book and trying to manipulate prices, has been going on since the first stock traded on the first stock market. It's about people telling stories with an agenda. You know it, it's obvious, it comes and goes, and the point is it's booming at the moment. It'll, it'll disappear again. It'll wane as the stimulus checks end, as stock after stock pops and then drops, as the latecomer losses create cynicism and pushback. And those forums, as the forums that have gone before them, some of which you know very well, as those forums lose influence, it will all disappear and be little more than a moment. But it's a moment that's happening now. I would love to be involved in this and I'm the last person and my team would never begrudge anybody making money in the stock market. It's what we're all here for and all power to anybody who can play this game and win. But for us, we can't apply science to this. So there's no value in us trying to play this game, chase this game, be part of an influencing crowd or be an influencer ourselves. It just won't wash in the long term. And it's low quality stuff. It would lose us members. So we just can't really participate. All we can do is watch from the sidelines and wonder which stock is going to be next. And for all you long term fundamental investors, nothing's changed. There's nothing to see here. Just carry on as normal and well done anybody who's doing this successfully. Just for interest sake, I've put the game stop or won't stop numbers in the strategy piece today. They are turning over, it's overtones of afterpay actually, they're turning over billions. It's a $10 billion company. It's turning over 8.3 billion, margins of 30%, but somehow manufactures almost zero EBIT, presumably because they're spending everything that they earn and losses, which means they don't pay any tax and build up tax losses for the future. Anyway, as you might imagine, making losses and forecast on current forecast to continue making losses for the next two or three years. Right. uh, Lastly, technical observations. A couple of interesting ones here. One in particular is a turn in the healthcare sector. I've noticed that in Cochlear recently, but CSL has today got a short-term buy signal as well. Might be time to start looking at Healthcare, ResMed results on Friday. 
they are almost always better than expected. Another sector with a small buy signal in an uptrend is the REIT sector. It's had a bit of a drop recently. As soon as the vaccine news came around, the REIT, REIT sector started going sideways. Anyway, small buy signal there, short-term stuff. And I've put in charts of other stocks with buy signals like car sales, small one there, Megaport, which has been a popular trading stock, Technology One and One Cell Signal Wallies. You can just see some of the energy stocks just topping out at the moment. Right, that's about it. Plenty going on tonight. FOMC meeting, loads of US results. Our results season looms and the big game of blow up or go up, guessing which stocks have had good results. I notice Reliance Worldwide, RWC, up about 7 or 8% today on an earnings update. Plumbing and heating they are. Looks like the housing market's doing okay. We're expecting all the pandemic beneficiaries to do okay. Online retail, motor sector. And I was talking to a chap the other day who has factories in China and he was saying that you wonder why these furniture stops like Temple and Webster or Nick Scarly have had record high prices, share prices, and yet their numbers still look cheap. And he says it's because people just don't understand how cheap it is to make stuff in China and sell it over here and that the margins in furniture are 60% plus. It is a gold mine. I've always wondered just how furniture sellers make so much money. Anyway, that is the key. So there is probably a theme there of identifying stocks that manufacture in China and sell in Australia. They are booming. And I'm sure we're going to see that in the results season. Right, that's enough waffle from me. You have a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow. Tomorrow is an exciting day for us. We're going to look at new offices. We're moving out of the CBD, as you might have seen in our weekend email, and looking to move, make a lifestyle move to offices closer to where most of the team live. Anyway, having a look tomorrow, we're looking forward to creating a new Marcus Today space. As I leave you, Dow Futures down nine, not telling us much. Our market down 41. I'll speak to you tomorrow.